This episode of The A-Team has been sponsored by MTGIsland.com, Canada's newest source for Magic the Gathering singles. Magic 2012 now available. Wait, wait, real quick. When yeah. did you fucking cramp my style and become a deck builder, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that's a good question. Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to you by ManorDeprived.com and 60Cards.com. Check us out. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mice they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. Everybody was metagaming against each other because we saw each other's decks. Jay Boosh. I'm not going to ask a homeless guy for a deck idea, okay? I'm going to give that guy some change and, you know, probably half my sandwich. Smitty. Just completely edit out Jay Bush like that uh, the whole thing. Scotty. But what is it with people that live in French countries that like blue-white control? Are you guys just like, you have that big of a chip on your shoulder? Like, what is it? And now, the A-Team. Hey everyone, it's Jay Bush for episode 45 of the A-Team. I'm joined by my co-hosts as always, Smitty, Scotty, and KYT. Say hello everyone. Hello! Hola! Hey guys! What's happening? Feel the ener- can't you feel the energy, you guys? I just How? feel it. It's going to be a fucking great night, guys. Yeah, oh, team. Yes. Quite productive. <laughs> <laughs> so what's on the agenda, Jay Boosh? Uh, a bunch of really boring shit. Uh, ben okay, what- wants us to talk about some garbage. Why don't we talk about that first? <laughs> uh, Jay Boosh is going to tune out until we start talking about Edich. And uh, we're going to continue about the standard. <laughs> yeah, we we really missed you, Jesse, last week. We yeah. missed your craziness. Uh, well, thank you, guys. Big boner for you all. <laughs> Jesse, since uh, tonight's your last night uh, before you head off on your mystical journey, why don't you tell us about that, actually? That's probably pretty interesting. Yes, I am headed out on a magical mystical journey um, with a uh, few fellas, including the cobra snake to keep me safe, it's my bodyguard. <laughs> We are heading to Star City Games, Seattle. Um, shoot, this will probably be up after we're all done and after I've top-aided and maybe won. Um, but, yeah, we're going up. <laughs> Twin pod, put my money where my mouth is, and, uh, you know, I've got high hopes. I'm a little nervous because uh, I feel like there's some pressure for me to perform just because of uh, all the deck brewing I've done, and I finally get a chance to display it on a large setting that's uh, relevant that is seen on a worldwide level or at least a national level so it's it's, it's nice to see you actually you know taking your moto brews into paper and uh, trying it against a real metagame i'm pretty excited (laughs) a real metagame (laughs) oh what a troll (laughs) you know whatever it happens uh no it's it's actually the metagame's so open, like, there really is no metagame. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You gotta be prepped for the right decks, like Volokut and some Twins, and you gotta be able to beat Spell Skites and probably Red Deck Wins and Steel and Control yeah. and Goblade, and it's fucking tough right now. So uh, I'm gonna do my best. 
I uh, got the deck all ready. There's going to be a few changes from what I posted. I probably won't post the exact list up on the site. Um, I'm just going to give it to people who are there and hopefully get, you know, 10 or so people to play it. I want to finally get a, a good <laughs> showing. Your boy Matt Marr is not... Has he gone to any SCGs? Uh, I'm not sure if he's been to SCGs, but he is going. Uh, actually, he's a little Wait. up in the air. He's feeling a little illy, manilly. Um, so there's a chance he won't go, but uh, yeah, I'm really pushing him to go. He he did plan on coming the whole time, so uh, we'll have we'll have him there hopefully. And uh, another good buddy of mine, Jorge Paniagua, and his crew coming from. Idaho. He just recently moved to Idaho. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, the five people that live there are going to be there. And it's going to be an awesome time. We're going to jam a bunch of fucking nerds in the hotel room and play some, sling some magical, mystical cards. <laughs> oh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip out on Legacy, though, and uh, do the draft open because that's a format I could actually probably win. Um, I know some people offered me some Legacy decks, but I just don't know the... But fuck yeah. you, Legacy. Yeah, it's just it's a hard. Waste. Yeah, it's a waste of thirty bucks. So I'm just gonna try to do some draft opens on Sunday. Uh, maybe sling some EDH after yeah. wind down from standard. Mm. I got I, I switched from black green white tokens by the way uh, to just straight black green because the tokens was like getting my ass fucking raped. Like I always had to <laughs> I always had to set up like this fat board presence before I could do anything. Um, so I just switched to like black green aggro beats with like hella swords and skullbriar and stuff. So it's gonna be fun. We rocked some EDH today. Skullbriar is pretty good for that. He's fun. As, he's as fun. a general, yeah, he's legit. He's not a fucking douche general at all either. He's totally fair. Yeah, like saber players and shit like that. Yeah, I can't. I guess like if I, you my friend has a one-on-one douche EDH deck where he's the general. Well, if you just fucking one-on-one, I just play Rafik 100% of the time. <laughs> Seems Rafik's good. bonerish, good. But yeah, Boner-ish. anyway, that's yeah. going to be my Star City Game Seattle. And, uh, You're going to have fun. Next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Brad Nelson's going to be there. Collingwood's going to be there. Uh, I'm not sure if Jerry's going there, but uh, I think AJ's backing out. But anyways, I'm looking forward to meeting some people I actually haven't got the chance to meet. At least they might know who I am now, so I can not feel awkward and saying, Hello! Yeah, yeah. Act like I'm fucking hella ballin' and yeah, just be like, like, oh, I'm sorry, have you ever been on the A team? Oh man. We've got yeah. a lot like I mean, like Tom Martell's been on the A team. What are you like maybe I guess you're just not that good? I don't know, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, well nice fucking blonde streaks in your hair, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Love you, Jerry. Oh, by the way, Scotty, fuck. I need to ship you that deck. Yep. <laughs> Whoops. What? Oh, yeah. So actually, you know what? I want to kind of go out and say, you know, for this. So the guy who won is on Twitter, and his Twitter handle is Source Dave, All one word. Um, and I want to kind of give like a preemptive early pre-shoutout for him since we're talking about the deck. Um, and it kind of, you know, talks about him. His mom um, is in the hospital, and it's probably, like, any day now uh, to cancer. So, like, Ugh. fuck fuck cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that yeah. awesome, awesome woman for me. I hate to, like, get there. But, you know, shout out to him and his family and his mom. And, you know, everybody, feel free to, you know, give him well-wish tweets mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, be there for a bro. 
Yeah, that sucks, dude. That kind of stuff's so scary. And when you get a family, dude, it's just like you realize it that much more that like shit happens. It's the worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So best of luck. Sorry, guys. Bringing us down, Chinatown. <sighs> well, it's okay. So let's talk about something better. So let's talk about one of the. Let's talk about those uh, videos. Videos like what videos are you watching? Pooh party. <laughs> Asian, Asian, uh, Chinese blowjobs, Chinese blowjobs, <laughs> poop parties, terrible, <laughs> lemon parties, yikes. Oh, man. Uh, anyways, no, I'm just kidding. So, uh, so what do you expect to see? I mean, obviously, we've got some idea of, of what's going on with Standard. Um, you know, we've we've had uh, the Big Star City event recently, and we also had uh, Japanese Nationals. So, I mean, yeah, wide open metagame. I think that the the one that everyone's talking about though is the fact that Mono Red has been, you know, the second most uh played archetype in both of the tournaments and no show. Yeah, and I, I think that might mean lower numbers this week, so I've actually cut a card or two that I normally would game against Red Deck wins, and who knows, it could be a mistake, but I need those slots against control, and I'm actually a little worried about my Cobbler matchup. Uh, fuck that deck, man. I'm so sick of fucking Squadron Hawks. I literally, I literally had to change about four to five different cards. Well, not that many. Two or three cards to be able to just kind of board sweep them. Frost Titan was not cutting it with the amount of card advantage creatures they had. Um so yeah, that that was a frustrating that that kind of came out of the last couple of weeks. But when we uh, when we talk about uh, goblins, uh, or I'm sorry, not goblins, red deck wins. Is it is it mostly goblins or is it mostly the no like non goblin version? Yeah, normal RDW. I think is kind of what most people are rocking. I've heard. Uh, I've lot, seen that too. Yeah, like a lot of people are rocking Chandra's Phoenix. I think now uh, people have been trying Grim Lavamancer. There's a few Goblins versions out. I personally think if you're gonna go Red Deck wins, the Goblins route is correct. I mean, Goblin Grenade just comes out of nowhere, man. Blows well, and if you're up. playing, if you're playing with Chandra as well, like that seems like a like a really crazy way to lock down a win. Sometimes Red Deck we know has like some issues with reach, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if Chandra's right in red deck wins, so it's not putting great. goblins though. Uh, like using goblin grenade for for ten for one mana, right? right. That's kind of magical Christmas land though. You're not running as much spells right. as you are with the yeah. normal red deck wins. Yeah, that's true. So tough call. I mean, <clears throat> I know you were thinking about uh, rocking the red deck wins, Jay. So yeah, I, I think uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably go the goblins route, but not definitely don't run Chandra. Maybe run some type of pinger. Is was there a goblin pinger or was that a yeah the fire the fire slinger or whatever you know, he's him, he's a goblin him, him with other goblins and Chandra's phoenix and then just a bunch of fucking red spells like goblin grenade bolt burst or something whatever or maybe yeah. incinerate actually is probably a little better uh, <laughs> something like that I don't know it I haven't played it and I haven't I've been playing against them but not with them so it's a tough call. I don't think you can go wrong either way. You could easily kick an FNM's ass with those decks. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm actually surprised it uh, did. So, oh, of course, Japanese, like, half of the tournament was draft and limited, so maybe, like, all the mono-red players couldn't draft for their lives. <laughs> but I am pretty surprised that uh, no copies, I think, cracked the top 16 of uh, the SCG. 
I mean, yeah. it's not like it was a terrible deck pre M12, right? And it's not like it didn't change much after. Yeah. Either. Yeah, and it's not like other decks gained some like a new core firewalker to beat it. So maybe it's just like, like I'm just surprised it did bad. But I don't think it's a deck right. that's I'm gonna forget about yet. I mean, <laughs> well, there's two things. There's two things that could happen. Like people uh, just say, "Oh fuck, red deck wins sucks," which yeah. Mamar actually <laughs> thinks red deck wins does suck. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, so it could it could either if it does suck, no one will run it. Or people will see that, oh, maybe it sucks and not game against it, and then someone will be like, well, I'm rocking that Red Deck Wins and come in and take it to the top eight. So it could be one or two things. I think we'll see a Red Deck Wins in the top eight uh, this weekend. Uh, at the last weekend's local GPT, I think uh, actually Mono Red won our, our GPT. I wasn't there to play, but uh, uh, someone sent me the deck list and that one. Like, Shrine is still you know an insane card in, in some Mono Red builds, so... I don't know. I still think it's a scary deck. I'm not sure how good it actually is, but it can still take a tournament, like you said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know another thing, now that you mentioned Shrine, almost every deck except Volaku, and even then, they run Solemn, but it's not like you want to kill that. So uh, <laughs> every every deck artifacts. So extra artifact removal, if you can fit it in your deck, if you're rocking green or Twin Pot or something, is pretty good right now. Except... <laughs> Spell skites are just being a pain in the ass for me, though. Which is another reason the deck needs more artifact removal. I mean, the Japanese lists we've seen have, like, a fair amount of uh, creeping corrosion going on. <laughs> and I think when we reviewed, like, the set it was in, we talked about how it may be, like, a cyborg card at some point, and it's showing its, like, its presence right now. Yeah, lots of the Valakut lists that are, like, in our meta have it in their sideboards, two of them. Yeah, the thing is, like, the Pierce Steel decks are there, so it's great against them. Uh, and you know what? The thing with Japanese uh, tournaments is they follow Magic Online a lot. Their meta is a lot closer to Magic Online. And Tempered Steel has mm. just been completely dominating. And so, obviously, they're kind of... Uh, I think they kind of bank <laughs> on that and expect that, so they rock the Creeping Corrosions, which is the right meta call for them, I think. Dad hates that deck, apparently. God, like, why the fuck would you play... Like, I mean, I understand it's powerful, it's synergistic, but for the love of yeah. Christ, fucking commit to the... Like, commit to your hobby and buy a real deck. <laughs> it's a pretty fun deck, man. It's, it's a real aggro deck. Like, it's an actual aggro deck that can kill you fast, so like, we actually have a good aggro deck. It's kind of fun, dude. Like, there's not many chances... <laughs> kind of dude, it is. There's dude. not many chances where you get to play dude, dude, brown creatures. Dude. Dude. <laughs> you know. dude. Yeah, yeah. What's Dude, up? My twelve-year-old is twelve dollars away from finishing that deck. Like, really? From scratch? Oh wait, yeah, from scratch. Right. So, who cares if it's inexpensive? <laughs> Good for you, right? You don't have to buy a fucking a blue uh, deck or. <laughs> they're not. Anyways, the, cre- the creatures aren't brown. They're multicultural. Um, they just happen <laughs> to have a touch of the Phyrexian in them. So, I got gotcha. you. Know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, just t- just teach your kid about diversity. That's all, man. There you go. All, there you go. All I want. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. So, anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> Where are we going next? So one of one of my most favorite lists, of course, that have come out um, from the Japanese nationals was, of course, uh, Mister Yusuka's list. The uh, the awesome Tezzeret build with random one ofs. 
with the only uh, with the one loose card that I just keep shaking my head at. Uh, yes, Soren's Vengeance. No, no, no. Let's battle on this one, dude. All oh right. God! Come on, let's get ready to rumble. Listen, I listen. Okay, I'm sure that as a one-off bullet for you know, like I mean, and everyone's been talking about it, right? Like at first glance, I look at that and go, what "The fuck are you playing that card for?" Like seven mana, really? Like, and I understand that it's probably going to win him the game at that point because you're smashing fives early, you know, or you can you know, could just oh. drain with five artifacts and then win, like, you know I, like, I, I see that that's a potential and likely in this deck it's probably okay as a one-of, but like it was so shocking to see a card that instantly looks ridiculously unplayable during our preview session, and it found a home and took him to the top eight, like, I, I don't know maybe he was just throwing it in there and being cute like, I mean, I, but has, uh, has- has anyone asked the guy if uh, he actually won any games with it? Because I'm sure he won at least a couple. I think uh, you're, you 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 like said my entire argument. Like, yeah, it's like a good miser's copy can win you the game. They hit he hits for fives a couple times and then just wins the game. He ults and then wins the game. So yeah, you you basically explained my argument <laughs> why I think it's a decent miser copy. Yeah. But I mean, like, I, I don't know. It's just, there's going to be such a, you know, oh my god, look, Soren's Vengeance. It's a, new, it's a great card, and everyone's going to start picking it up, and it's going to, oh god. Yeah, that's just, fine. Let them lose if they're like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Public service but, announcement yeah. from the A-team. Do not go all in on Soren's Vengeance. <laughs> Do not play more than one. <laughs> uh, friends friends well, don't let friends play with more than one Soren's Vengeance. That's right. But uh, that deck was legitimate. Like, all the Oh, by the way, speaking of Tezzeret decks, okay, a couple things. <clears throat> like, I've been, i brewed with Tezzeret a lot, as most of you know, the Mindhammer, etc. Um, could never get it quite right to where it felt Tier 1, but I think his route of being, like, heavy removal with control and, like, life's finale seems really good. I think he got it pretty spot on, honestly. Some of the one-ofs might be a little random, sure, but honestly, it kind of kind of works in that type of a deck, in my opinion. He I mean, blue-black. Like- he played Life's Finale? No. Oh, no? Oh, I'm thinking, okay, and this is leading into my other uh, point about this. I got a new writer on 60cards.com, and he <laughs> wrote the most epic, long-ass article with multiple Tezzeret lists and, like, a look of, like, his building process throughout. And uh, he's rocking Life's Finale, and I think that's absolutely correct. I think Life's Finale is a fantastic card. Uh so, anyways, but he, you should check it out because he's got some great Tezzeret builds. Came out of nowhere, emailed me, wanted to write for the site, and he just showed up with some awesome Tezzeret lists that literally, uh, I mean, a lot of thought into them. Very, very good lists. Uh, good deck builder, so check that out. Definitely different type of build than uh, than the Japanese top 8 deck. So, But, uh, yeah, I think Tezzeret decks are still kind of tier 1.5 too, but they can definitely steal some games. Yeah, at least blue-black decks. The Japanese, I've seen more uh, more lists as I check the Japanese, some Japanese websites on these blue-black decks, and, and they all have this, uh, I guess the Japanese have a, a hard-on for a Ratchet Bomb, which, you know, I've gone on about, like, hating to having to play it, and uh, I mean, it's great against, I guess, Hello? <laughs> Hello? I think he cut out. Uh, great against. Yeah, well, yeah. blue. Great against blue. Black's good. That's a good deck. 
Um, so we'll forget KYT because he <laughs> cut out. <laughs> so I'm I'm actually looking at this list, and the only thing that I think I want more of in that deck is like some more spot removal somewhere. Um, it didn't have. I thought it had quite a bit. No, no, it's got it's it's like three magnets and then a bunch of sweepers and stuff. Now he's playing four solemns, so I guess the idea is that you just ramp to the you know you ramp to your six drop and fucking trade like just block with it you know Mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know I, it's it seems nice i mean the sideboard is like spell skites negates dismembers duress ratchet bomb so it seems fine yeah actually you know what another deck is that i really liked coming out of last weekend was uh the jun deck man oh we, yeah we were strongly considering audibling that to that and if matt goes he's considering it too that deck's pretty powerful i mean just using like every card just like pure card advantage and just huge bombs, plenty of removal. It doesn't seem like you can really go wrong against any deck with that list. So if anyone wants something different uh, and wants to win, just, like, rock that... Uh, well, first rock Twin Pod. See, y'all don't. Y'all playing it wrong. But then uh, definitely uh, try that Jun deck, especially if you want to use New Garut, because I think that's exactly the right home for him. Although, I don't really know how that deck beats Volaku, honestly. Uh, I guess the the only answer for that's got to be going. I mean, it can go big with the covers, and then you've got to rely on your uh, discard to put them off. Yeah, maybe. But even if you go Cobra into Garuk, so you're on turn three, you've got five power on the board, and then uh, they're almost at a Titan by then. Like they're a turn off of Titan at that point. Yeah, you, you got, got Lavamancer. You got Lavamancer and Dismember plus go for the throat, right? You got Memorial. Yeah, you got removal. You That's there. true. You got spot removal. But if they got multiple multiples, it starts to get tough. I don't know. I'd have to see that matchup in action. But other than Volakut, that Gen deck seems really well placed. Yeah, I like the Liliana Vest in the sideboard. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Everyone tries to play that bitch. She sucks. Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> the only matchup she's remotely good in is a control matchup. Sure, yeah, I agree that she is just card of, card quality there, card advantage a little bit. Um, so yeah, Star City Games for that. It was Star City Games Cincinnati. If anyone wants to go check out that list, we probably won't put it in the show notes. So you better listen. <laughs> oh, KYT, you back, bro? Yeah, I'm back. All right. <laughs> what, what did you hear? What did I say on the show? I, was I don't remember. To... You said that it was pretty. You said Ratchet Bomb was pretty good against. Uh, oh, pretty good against like the Tempered Steel deck, which is probably part of their meta game. But I always like. I never like to play it main deck, and um, I feel like you know when you're playing against like Valakut or some of the other control decks, um, it it can be very uh, not as good. Not the card that I want. So, uh, but uh, they're they're all on it. They're all over uh, Ratchet Bombs and Blue Blacklist. So I thought that was uh, interesting. It's funny because I mean, like in a Tezzeret list, Blue Black. I mean, you, there's no reason not to just main deck two Ratchet Bombs. To be honest, right? Like, it, even if worst case scenario you're not going to use it as a sweeper, it's still another thing you can animate. And if you don't want it, you just fucking impulse past it. You right. Know? So I mean, in those lists, I can t- it's it's really really legit. And then as far as yeah, the rest of them, yeah, I mean, you need to have an answer to Temperance Steel, and I mean, you need to have an answer before you have five mana. Yeah, definitely. So sometimes it's the least of all evils. <laughs> Kyt, do you have any other thoughts on uh, Jund beating uh, Volaku? How it beats Volaku? If it beats Volaku. <laughs> 
just, I don't know. I don't think it does. What's yeah. in that gen list? Garud, Titans, Hella Removal, Grim Lava Mancer. I, I cut, I put, I put it in the, uh, Solemn. I put it in okay. the window there, Jay, if you click We're on the We're talking about New Garrick, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, click on the link that I put in the chat, it's right there. Okay, cool. Yeah, Maybe yeah, if yeah. you, like, inquisitioned them enough to, to, you know, stop their ramping. Oh, and removal them. on battlements and stuff. That's true, that's true. That's a good point. But then, it's kind of a clunky deck unless you get Cobra and a Titan early. But, uh, I mean, not clunky, but, I mean, not lightning fast as far as uh, wind condition. I just feel like this specific bill, while it might have potential, like uh, you talked about before the show, like this specific list looks so sketchy. <laughs> I, I think this is just, like, bad rug. Like, that, you know what I mean? Like, it's oh, almost what? like they're trying to play a rug deck except replace like, the blue. Sure, that's, uh, that's a good point. Actually, you know what? That's funny you mentioned that because, like, I think just popping uh, Garouk into Jace's spot in classic rug is really well placed. Yeah, I think you tweeted that. Yeah, I, I, if I had had time to test it, I would, but I have put so many freaking hours in a twin pod. And I'm so <laughs> As far as like my playability and also its chance to win, that I can't dodge it now. So that sounds good. You'll yeah, be one of those guys that like do really well because they play the same deck all the time. <laughs> you know, it's really rare because I never do that. But uh, Twin Pod's the longest I've ever rocked a deck, I think, without touching another deck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but by the way, uh, KYT. So, are you still doing your podcaster deck, or are you onto something new? I want to something new. But before that, I just want to say, like, this list, like, one, maybe you guys talked about while I was disconnected, but one Memorosai, like, two Phyrexian Revokers is just, like, so random to me. Yeah, the Revokers is awkward. I don't really understand that either. It's like a Kazool in the sideboard, like, cards that I haven't seen. Uh, that's a good wow. card. That's, that's a good, a good card. card. That's against Splinter Twin, by the way. What? Yeah, I've seen it in Mono Red decks by Adrian Sullivan. I think he. He played those in his sideboard. That's actually one of my... Uh, tech... mm. Yeah. Well, wow. that's actually one of my sideboard tech moves against Cobblade and Agro. <laughs> it's Kazool. It, it doesn't always work, but it definitely keep, buys you time. That is interesting. Okay, so you always get a 3-3 three, three unless they pay... Wow, that's... It's, it's hefty. It's a hefty wall, basically. And it can okay. attack for 5, so it's not a bad card. It's pretty funny to get Splinter Twin, actually. I never thought about that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot, of people think, a lot of people think Exarch flies. And like, Attack. I did it first, man. I thought it was just like Pestermite, and it flew. I was If 1-4 flying would be fucking insane, that card would be so broken. <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, wait. Tell, tell me about what happened to Podcaster and what you're on now. Podcaster, I think... It, it's a deck that does really well it's against a lot of the, I guess, main rangey uh, strategies. I mean, I played against Mike, and I beat him when he was playing blue-black. And it's actually good against controls while I beat him uh, while he was playing his uh, green-white uh, pod list. I don't know what games he decided to end up showing. Like, I've lost, I think we played, like, a set of matches, and the ones I lost was where I thought my foil... I kept a hand where I thought my foil forest was an island because I had island, so uh, land, a colorless land, and a preordain. So, like, two of those games, and maybe one of them I actually came back to win. Um, 
because of the certain cards, because I feel like I'm just potting into usually more dangerous threats uh, than the other player. Uh, whereas Dragon played Blade Splicer, which is a great card now, as as it's shown in 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 Callblade. But I would, you know, my response is like Treasure Mage, get Mindslaver, get Worm Curl Engine or something, which yeah. I think is a lot more powerful now. Sure. Of course, I think Podless. I would, if I was going to tournament tomorrow, I'd have to say I'd be leaning towards more something like your list because I think one of the difficulties uh, that I had against your list was obviously the inclusion of the combo. Um, outside yeah. of you know, outside of the combo, I think I was comfortable uh, with the creatures you were bringing in, except for you know one you topped to uh, Frost Titan because I could like when you go to a four and it's just like it's funny I just say just because like it's just a Vengevine compared to what it could be like yeah. the combo and everything. I'm like okay, I'm fine. I can still win this game. I can still drop a Worm Coil Engine or whatever. So, but uh, the combo definitely puts it. Uh, to to like uh, brings it to the next level of dangerousness, if I can say that. Um, but podcaster just feels like I may I may have been testing against Milton, who was playing an outdated Valakut list or something, because I was beating him. But I think after testing in real life with people who have been upgrading their Valakut list with ramping growths and solemn simulacrums, I think the Valakut list is a lot more consistent. It's a lot like it's I could even say that's even better than it was before, which is pretty scary. So I'd, yeah. I'd put Valkyrie as one of the top lists. Um, and Podcaster also has trouble. I mean, I dabbled. I had to dabble with Platinum Angel. Was it such a narrow card? I mean, it's only good in that matchup alone. Right. Uh, so that's why I think I had to push Podcaster to the wayside. But it was fun to go Worm Coil and then uh, sack it for the, the new card that I put in, which is one copy of Elish Norn. And yeah. It was it was really good because you could use it to shut down other people's manlands and because people are playing Ink Mom Nexus right now, like like a lot of decks, Cobblade, Tempered Steel and, and other decks, you completely shut down those uh manlands. So it was interesting. I took it to like you know, I feel like I've pushed it as far as I could and so it's time to look at something else. Yeah, it was pretty powerful. It is some pretty insane stuff. <laughs> Architect's insane, like Yeah. So what but, are you on now? Um, right now I'm on... And, wait, wait, real quick. When yeah. did you fucking cramp my style and become a deck builder, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a good question. I mean, I haven't deck built it. I like it. I haven't deck built in a while, I think. <laughs> and, you know, I've been accused by, like, friends and obviously listeners of the A-team of just net decking and not thinking for myself. And I think... A lot of it had to do with um, just not having confidence in myself and, and not having the time to play test. I mean, given a choice, if I don't have that much time, do I trust my own theories of, of li- like the limited time that I have, or do I, do I just pick Jerry's latest 75 and go with it? And um, I've, you know, every time I've gone with Jerry's thing, and you know, I've done wide tournaments that I've been at. So I've been keeping doing that. But now I guess like with M12 or. Or I've just been playing for Cobblade for so long. I've decided to to get into this. I don't know what it is. <laughs> That's awesome. I like it. Yeah, I mean it's it's. But I do, you know, at least I can show that I've I've done. I, I do like to brew and stuff. Um, so there's a podcaster right now. I'm on Green White Agro. I mean, they made an appearance in the top eight of Japanese nationals and uh. The top eight, one of the lists, like the one list that made it was designed by Tsuyoshi, I can't pronounce his name, Tsuyoshi Fujita, who 
um, is a very at a, at one point was a very famous deck designer and one that even Flores called like the best deck designer at the time. Like for a period of time, he was the best, and so he designed that. But the version that he played was slightly different. Uh, the version he gave to the top eight guy had like birthing pods and. Uh, I think Blade Splicer and stuff, but the version that he himself actually played was one with Hawks, uh, Mirren Crusaders instead of uh, Blade Splicer, and um, just uh, Sword of Feast and Famine. So just normal, like, green-white Callist, which, uh, with Ness Invaders, uh, what else? With Hero of Blade Hole, which is just insane. <laughs> if you can't kill it, it's just retarded. This is good. Jace is gone for that card, eh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't know how out of control it could get. Like, you just live it, let it live for one turn, and and the next turn you're just staring at a oh, shit ton of damage. Of course, green white struggles with probably uh, this specific list struggles with splinter twin combo because he only plays four journey to nowheres in the main, which you know obviously does nothing against end of turn deceiver exarchs, and I don't think he has any sideboard cards for it except for two celestial purges so i do wonder if like they felt that it wasn't that big of a deck obviously like we mentioned mono red not performing let's talk about like splintered twin not performing as well so i wonder if it's not that either not that popular or not that good of a deck i don't know like um that's the only deck that i feel that his deck list is is very uh weak against i think that despite the fact that we got ponder back as a way for combo players to dig. I think that um, having Jace removed from that deck, but more importantly, the format, I think has really impacted the traditional blue-red splinter twin deck in a really negative way. So the game plans used to be all about fighting the Jace war, right? So the I, I think it's safe to say at this point that the format overall has just sped up. Um, you don't have time, you know, to develop your board position in ways. I mean, you're seeing it in the green-white aggro lists, right? You're seeing it in, you know, mono-red and their new capacities. I mean, even these, you know, these these architect decks and and twin pod and and Valakit, like they just ramp so quickly, you know. And I don't think that those decks are having a, uh, a capable enough tool to, you know, dig through their deck to get the combo fast enough. And and I just think the overall tempo impact that removing Mind Sculptors had on the format, I think, is really costing that deck a lot. Yeah. But, uh... I can't, like, I, I agree. Like, I just can't find a reason even to play Blue right now. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I never purchased Jace's, but, like, I just can't even find a reason to even want to play Blue for, like, for any amount of time. They, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Consecrated Sphinx is about it for me. And the fact that Tezzeret happens to have blue in him. And Architect's, and Architect's pretty cool. But... Oh, man, I love Architect. Yeah. I don't remember Jay ever playing a blue deck. <laughs> Cross Control, baby. Yep. Oh, right, right. Yeah, Jay, Jay played uh, red-blue control, and he was, he was all over it. Yeah, it was good. It worked really well, but, like, I mean... That was that was really the only deck I played with blue in it for a long like ever actually probably. Yeah. Somebody has to go back and check like episode one and two and wade through that and figure out one of our listeners, one of our dedicated listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like blue red, I mean Jerry thought 
it was a deck for him. I think uh, Jesse mentioned this at the beginning of the episode where there's like so many decks and, and Jerry in his article, I agree with this, his statement that you could just play anything right now, play what you love because yeah. there's so many matchups that you have to prepare for and there, and you have to approach each of them so differently that, yeah. you know, just play, play what you want. That's, that's my suggestion. Um, so Plus, I mean, (laughs) we talked about this before, too, right? Like, I mean, the edges that we had against the other decks in the metagame were so, were almost so minimal at one point that it came down to play the deck that you understand the best. Right, right. And that you're the most comfortable with, right? Because that's going to give you far more of an edge uh, than playing a deck that, you know, may just have a metagame edge. Because, yeah, you're right. It's wide open. Play what you know, and you should win with it. But like uh, back to blue red splinter run just quick. Our friend uh, Jonathan Medina actually made quite a bit, of, quite a run, and I guess yeah. almost uh, made top eight. I think he was was he five one when he won against AJ or four one something like that. So and lost to AJ playing mono red. Um, and then John told me that he felt the deck was legit. I've actually like build the deck because it doesn't have any uh, pre uh, post M12 cards online and you know Shrine seems to be the real deal once you have it early it's basically like a cheap version of a Diabolic Tutor like y- you can easily get it to like 10, 11, 12 counters to get the missing compo piece that you need. Sorry that's Shrine of like Piercing Vision or whatever right? Yeah right right so you play all these like other blue cards anyways like Gitaxian probes per day into like and every turn it goes up one. So I've been playing games where, you know, I have Deceiver Exarc and Shrine at like fifteen. <laughs> and, yeah, you can't really lose there. <laughs> and like you know, the guy just concedes. It's like what? <laughs> it's not like all four could be at the bottom of my deck. Right? Like, but uh it seems to be a really powerful card. I mean, obviously not as good if you top deck it. It's sort of becomes sort of like a cycler but i don't know if it's enough to um make the deck as consistent as i want it to be i still feel like against like some of the more aggressive decks it's still um sometimes you just don't get the 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 cards that you need um, i think i play like i can taxi and probe someone and see that they have like uh what's that card dispatch and then i'm like oh crap now i need to like dig for not only my splinter twin, but dispel as well. So, and then by that time, I'm already dead to their deck. So, um, I do wonder if this is like everybody, like some of the writers have been calling it, like Flores have been so excited, calling it, like, you know, the best, most powerful strategy that you can uh, have in, in type two right now. But, you know. Well, and it's no doubt the most powerful two card combo. Right. I mean, you can't, you can't dispute that. Right. Um, it just doesn't necessarily lend it, like the, the archetype doesn't lend itself to exploiting it in the most effective way, in my opinion, in a blue-red shell. Like, I think you've got to go rug so that you can have a plan B or at least be able to apply, you know, a separate uh, latitude of pressure, right? So that all of a sudden they're trying to deal this and you, you know, zig and zag and then boom, here's the combo. We're expecting this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, which is what made, like, Twin Blade so powerful. Um, yeah. Yeah, and now and now, uh, you know the the. What are you calling it now, Jesse? <laughs> calling a, calling Twi- what? Sorry. Twin pod or like Grr- yeah, uh, dude. Grr- all the all the all the boring people want. It's called twin pod now, or wind pod, or pod in its pod. Whoa, wind pod. pod. 
just so, win, punch. <laughs> man, you know what? I've heard that uh, people are giving Michael Jacob Michael Jacob credit for the uh, Birthing Pod rug deck, and uh, that's fine. I, I I believe we actually came up with it independently, though, and. I think his version's wrong. <laughs> There's like, a lot of things that are totally Mike, Michael Jacob-ish about his yeah. list. You know, like, it's definitely his. You look at that and you go, Mike Jacob wrote that. Like, yeah. period. Uh, right? Yeah, it's totally different. And four uh, is a different one, too. Complete, like, I, I felt like the three versions were, like, they were their own thing. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a little different. Like, he had the Vengevine and Fauna Shaman kind of action going on a little yeah. heavier. So, yeah, yeah. I was told Chapin thinks uh, that he he thinks uh, Michael Jacob gets full credit for Birthing Pod Rug, which makes me sad. <laughs> well, they're they're bros too, right? So I mean, yeah, I know. What you gonna do? Yep. Um. So, anyways, what were you? Oh, the name of the deck. Yeah, I told you. Okay, continue. <laughs> so Jay, so Jay, what have you been playing? I'm playing limited. Um, last weekend was the pre-release. The week after that was the release. Uh, they're all limited events. Even F and M was draft, so I've been playing just limited. Um, I'm <laughs> trying to play Red Deck wins, but nobody wants to uh, test, help, and or talk about that, which is odd <laughs> because because the census is that every person on the planet is trying to play Red Deck wins. So that's fine. I'll just continue playing um, Valcut and. You know, I mean, I'm interested to see this Valakut list that has um, Solemns in it because everybody wanted, like, as soon as Solemn was spoiled, everybody talked about that. I, I don't like that card in there, but I'd like to see it. Um, it's up to eight bucks now. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was eight before it was printed. It was six when it was printed, and then I guess now that it's back at eight, that's fine. I don't mind buying them at eight. I got mine for five off of Channel Fireball. Well, la dee da. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. I think they're up to like something crazy on MTGO. Like ten, so yeah. I mean, I don't mind having them for whatever for like EDH uh, anyway. You gotta have yeah. them for EDH anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I've been playing a lot of EDH. I've been playing a lot of uh, limited, and I'm already like so sick of M12 limited. M12 limited is like the worst. Um, well, yeah, let's talk about um, M12 limited because Jesse yeah. has to play that too. So yep. limited champion lead us. I mean, did you play more sealed or draft as as well? Well, both, right? So the, the pre-release right. was sealed. Uh, the release event was sealed. Uh, the F and M release event was draft. Okay. So I've played both. It's just so boring. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm just like not like like when M11 came out. I I don't know what it was about that set, but I like never minded drafting every weekend and I didn't mind playing the events and stuff even though I hate sealed whatever but like I've I've only been playing M12 I played it maybe what four or five times maybe is that how right. long it's been around and I already like I'm just sick of it and I just never want to play it again like it's just so like just boring and and um I find that it's not difficult to build or deal with like it, like the archetypes and the cards that you play are very obvious um like so it's just I don't know, like I'm just not having any fun with it. It's just not fun. There's no really cool cards that I think are fun. Like there's that dragon that has bloodthirst and it's like ooh. That thing's huge. Twelve twelve or something. Yeah. But yeah. I mean like but at the end of the day it's just a twelve twelve, right? Like it's just a guy. It's not a cool guy. And like I've had I had one in my um in my draft uh deck and I like never played him. 
because like you, you, if you get to the point where you can play that guy, unless they have active treason or mind control, like you, like you shouldn't be playing that guy. You should have just already won in the deck that he fits into, um, or like the deck or the games just don't last that long. Like the games don't last long enough for you to be having three mountains and seven lands. Um, you know, there's no fun shit. Like it's just, I don't know. It just feels really vanilla and boringish for me. And like, and then. Like, my other big problem is there's nothing that's worth any money in this set at all. So, <laughs> so it's like, why am I even playing this? Like, oh, man, Jay, you won 19 packs at your release event on, on Sunday. That must feel so awesome. And, like, yeah, it was pretty awesome. And then, uh, and then I cracked them all and made about 20 bucks. Sweet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't I'm know. with like, you, dude. I don't just, love it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems really like just blase to me. There you go, classing up the joint. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. Do you guys feel that way? Like, have you guys played it very much or what? I played the pre-release sealed. And like I said, I don't know if I told the story on here or what, but I, like, won my first two rounds and then just left. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you were just, like, sick of it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I literally had Sun Titan and Grave Titan. Uh, Diabolic Tutor, like, just fucking the most bonkers black-white sealed pool ever. Oh. I just rolled, and I'm like, dude, this is just stupid, dude. I, like, well, the main reason I left it is, like, 2.30 a.m., and the fucking whole thing started way too late. Yeah. I was like, I'm just out of here. Like, I don't even want packs. <laughs> yeah, see, and, like I, like, I don't know what that says about any product that I've ever, you know, had the joy of playing with before, but when you're, like, putting out a product... And it's the pre-release, and people are showing up at midnight to partake in this. And then, like, they don't even want to play all of their rounds when they have the nut. Like, I could understand if Jesse is leaving because, you know, he was losing. But, like, when you have the high nut pool, and you're still like, this is just so fucking gay, I'd rather be, like, playing chess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I I just can't. I just can't deal with it. Like, it's just boring. It's fucking stupid. And, like, for those of you that don't know how to play Magic or aren't good at Limited, like, fine, play it, and, like, you'll probably maybe have fun even. I don't even know if new players will have fun with this. Um, You don't really have to know anything. What What you need to concentrate on is the fact that the format is super fast. So just make sure that when you're building your deck that you fucking take that into account. Because, like, I had at the release event, so I had, like, um, I had two mind controls. Um, I had three pacifisms. I had two aura mm, guys. Those guys that go get your aura, like your your enchant creatures out of the graveyard, uh, which is good when you have five premium enchantments. Um, I had like, I had a Jace. I had a Jace's archivist. I had a fucking that twelve twelve bloodthirst dragon. Uh, I had two frost breaths. Um, and then I had like some counter spells and like some dirtles to help me get through the early games. And I was playing against my friend Steve Francis, and he every game he went turn one fire slinger, uh, turn three scepter that taps for oh, the worst card ever. And he actually <laughs> took me to three games uh, quite easily. Like it was an uphill battle for me to beat him. 
Because yeah. he just, because it doesn't, he's like, I don't care what you have in your deck. I'm just going to sit here and ping you incessantly. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, fuck, do I fucking mind control his fucking dude? dude? dude and, then, and then he just scepters it. He just scepters it in response and then scepters me all game. Like, fuck this. This is fucking stupid. Does, scep- it, does the scepter did- target creature or player? Yeah, the scepter is both the guy's only players. Right. Fuck. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. like for the Carrie Dans of the world, because he asked, yeah, he creepy Carrie Dan, creepy. Um, yeah, creepy, creepy, creepy Carrie Dan. Um, you know, he asked about like something about M12 Limited, didn't he? Some about archetypes or something. He just wanted advice to prepare him for GP Montreal. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. advice is the advice is don't bring your kids and your wife. Uh, it is, it is. I like them, but don't bring He's them. He's a family guy. Come yeah, on. but don't don't bring them. Don't bring them if you want to win. If you, I'm assuming he wants advice to win and, and perform well. Don't bring your family. Um, um, don't have your cell phone on you if your family's gonna bother you. Um, <laughs> He's gonna bring his two sons. <laughs> make sure that you sleep. Make sure that you get sleep. Because uh, if you don't get sleep, then you'll be sitting around wondering why you're losing and making like 38 misplays a game. And it's because you fucking, you did what Jesse does. You stayed up all night partying and wow. get goggles wet and shit. Uh, and then just make sure that if it's, if it's draft, just make sure that you're drafting a, like a deck that can, is either aggro or can deal with aggro. Wow. And, if, and if not, then fucking, I don't know, call your wife and lose. I don't know. <laughs> wow. I just can't imagine his reaction once he listens to this part. <laughs> well, no, really. Like, you just don't need distractions. Like, it's super annoying when I'm, like, trying to play a match. And, like, like I like Megan. I love her. I live with her. And she's my wife of five years. But it's really annoying when, like, she knows I'm an F&M. And I still get calls fucking every five minutes about the most trivial shit. And it's like, shit, where was I? What was I doing? Oh, misplay, lose? Oh, awesome. Right? Yeah. So don't bring your wife and kids if, you, if you're worried about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had uh, similar experiences. When I'm playing a game and, and she's sitting next, next to me, and like it's like the top eight of some tournament. Yeah. So she'll like ask me, infinite questions yeah and it's like you know it's nice that you're that you're interested and that you're there to support me and etc but the the thing is that like really what's happening is like you're distracting me because either i have to pay attention to you or i have to like make sure that you're not super bored yeah or or you're actually being disrespectful and you think that you asking me questions is cute and then you're interfering with my game it's like you can ask me questions don't ask them when i'm fucking playing a game like agree It's like I'd, I'd lay a forest down or something, and she'd be like, "Wow, that's a really nice picture or something." And yeah, I'm like, "Who's yeah. shiny?" And it's like, "Yeah." It's like tanking, I'm like, "Oh God." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but uh, you know, creepy Canadian is a creepy family guy. So yeah. <laughs> I think day one is pre-release, and if you make it to day two, I think you do two drafts or something like that. Um, or I remember in GP Toronto, the people that made it to day two, there was like at least one or two drafts. You should have uh, asked I, Jason when he was on. Oh yeah. I, I'm pretty sure like Smithers had to draft on day two to yeah. uh, win the whole thing. Um, but you mentioned the guy that I think my favorite archetype is probably hopefully just to force red, um, and, and actually draft that that red pinger guy to, to activate all the, all the bloodthirst uh, creatures that are in my deck because 
that's what uh, I feel is really yeah. I'm like like the thing that like the thing is too is like so Steve didn't even have a bloodthirst deck right like he actually like is a really uh like by his own admission he's a really poor drafter and he passed i got like a fifth pick overrun in that draft and like it was just bonkers i thought you were but supposed to tell everybody i did i told everybody that i'm like i guess some people didn't listen somebody else also passed the angel enchantment oh, oh god man. like so i don't know what they took over that but it better have been like a foil angel enchantment <laughs> it might, might have been overrun maybe they listened to you after all yeah maybe i don't know but yeah so like so so um, he, by his own admission, is a horrible drafter, but he didn't, he didn't really have any, like, he didn't have, like, a bloodthirst theme. He had all the enablers of the bloodthirst. Like, he had the bats, and he had the pingers, and he had the, um, unblockable guys. Um, oh, right, like, one for, uh, one black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, so those are all good for enabling bloodthirst, but he didn't actually, like, I never saw him hit any guys that were good with bloodthirst. Like, he didn't actually do that um against me like like i said like it was just the most simplistic linear bullshit ever basically he he goes turn one fire slinger you've lost like that was the (laughs) that was the whole game it was so annoying so yeah so like that guy's really good i really like the bloodthirst deck like if you can get if you can open or draft the um the nut bloodthirst deck like you're laughing right yeah but uh otherwise like just don't play white or green just play fucking Blue, black, and red. Because I, I thought I was going to be, like, you know, playing after our last show, even uh, two shows ago with Tom Mortel, like, blue, blue axe or something. But yeah. I think I, I'm really looking to, at this point, if Nationals was tomorrow or something, I'd be looking to force, like, red X because, you know, so, some of the cards are just so good. The yeah. 3-3 three, three for two that, like, they have to block with, like, two guys. Or... That, guy's, that guy's so good. Yeah, he's so good. I, he's, that guy's in my constructed deck. <laughs> like he's in my red deck wins because it's like turn one hit you for like hit, hit with a goblin guide or a lavamancer then play him and and like he's basically just like a free three three unblockable guy like he's actually really and like in draft um if you can go him and that ogre that first strike ogre oh yeah holy fuck like you're just laughing yeah like playing that goblin guy, depending on the number of goblins you have in your deck, you can actually play goblin grenade as well. Yeah, if you can, yeah, so, if you can pick one up for sure. And you know, I'm just that would be the deck that I want to have. It seems so insane. Yeah. The red, the red decks are really good if you can go like super fast. You know, red deck beats like you just get so many good cards that you just can crush with. And like, I find I don't know why, but I find people are just undervaluing the red burn a lot, and they're passing it a lot. Chandra's outrage. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, like like you shouldn't be passing that card. Like and like in M eleven, that card was fucking like that card was a first pickable. People first picked that card. People were just crazy over it. And now it's like people have forgotten that it's good. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is, but it's weird. <laughs> I I don't know if I talked about this on our previous show, but uh, you you brought up the angel uh, enchantments. The reason why I went four zero at uh, at the release event. Uh, Okay, wait, there's no way we talked about it. It was last Friday. Right. And uh, all I did was I was playing blue, white, red, and I had one of those, the 2-2 flying hexproof. Yeah, yeah, those guys blue. are good, yeah. And then I just put the, like... The angel on it? The angel thing. It's like a 6-6 that you can't deal with and win. Like, <laughs> it was pretty retarded. Or Yeah, that's retarded. Or just on a... If you put on a sacred wolf or, you know, any hexproof dude and, and yeah. just win. So. Yeah. 
Don't do not pass that card. It is a ball. It's like yeah, so like bad. I don't know why people pass it. Like maybe because I said it was so bad, but like I was talking constructed really. <laughs> like it's pretty good. It's insane in limited. Yeah, like like and the, the thing is with limited too is like you can win with bad cards all the time in limited. Yeah, like yeah, and like people were passing that crown. And they were getting like last picked or like close to last picked, or people were like opening them and leaving them in their sideboards. And then you, when you're like, when you ask them why, they're like, because it costs three. And you're like, yeah, but you know what's really awesome is when you just have a blinding mage all game. <laughs> like, hello, like, like I just don't understand people in this set. And like, it's really sad for me because I would really like to capitalize on it and do really well. But like I've already stated, like I'm just so already bored of it. Like, I mean, and I know, like Scotty, you don't even play limited mostly, right? Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, I'm. So probably, you're not missing anything. No, I'm like more sealed, I guess, than anything else. Like, if I'm gonna play limited, that's what I'll go for. Um, you know, I just drafting is, it's just never really been up my alley in terms of interest, right. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I mean, like, M12, it just seems like it's it's very much like M11, with the exception of, yeah, red's a shit ton better than it was last set. Yeah, pretty much. Well, and like, like I said, like, my big thing is, like, when there's nothing valuable in the set at all, uh, it's really annoying when you're drafting or playing sealed for packs that are worthless. Like, they're actually just, this is, like, this is just awful. Right? Like, the cards that are worth money are the Planeswalkers right now, and that's only because of the hype, right? Like, the, the set's fairly new. Like, I don't see Chandra, Jace, and Garrick staying at $35. No. Especially Jace, right? Like, so yeah. so then so then what happens? Like, you know, like, now we have to deal with that, and, uh, and like, what's going to happen after those prices go down? Like, my card, my, my, my winning packs are actually just going to be worth nothing. So... Should sell them. <laughs> Jesse's Jesse's gonna be really happy to be getting his super valuable packs online for prizing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. They'll be like bots will be buying them for like two dollars. If that Yeah, that's what I would buy them for. <laughs> You'd make a good bot. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know why I'm not doing that. I don't have a job still. I should just be fucking high five. <laughs> so speaking of selling cards, uh, some people might have noticed that I posted my collection online because I'm considering or was considering selling the collection if I got a good enough number, which I haven't yet. So I'm probably going to keep it. But uh, the reason people thought I was selling it like just to get out of magic or whatever, that's definitely not the case. Like, I pretty much only grind Moto, and I got the family and the kid, and it's really tough to get to real-life events, uh, and I kind of stopped going to F&Ms. Um, and I also have a big enough network now where I could just borrow cards for larger events, so that was kind of my thinking as far as that goes, um, because also you don't have to buy all the new paper cards that come out every set, which yeah. saves a ton if you can just buy the Moto cards. Um, so that was kind of my thinking behind that, and I actually got an advertising deal coming up for 60cards.com, uh, from the cardnexus.com. Uh, and so that's going to fuel some uh, some income for Magic Online, actually. Hopefully nice. we'll see. Thanks. Yeah, so I kind of got, yeah, got that going on. Um, so that's the reason I was looking at selling my collection. Not getting enough good offers, so I'm probably just going to keep it and maybe just slow down on buying paper cards from here on out. 
So, anyways, uh, some people wanted to know, and that's my explanation for it. What was the, what? What kind of offers are you looking for? You said you haven't gotten a good enough one yet. So, what's like yeah. your highest offer? It's not good enough. My just so people, offer, just so people know, right? Yeah, my highest offer was twelve hundred dollars, which is a fair offer, um, completely legitimate. Uh, I just had a little higher number in my mind because uh, not only just the price of the cards, but just the. Uh, Kind of like the foils that, that I didn't list out and all the playable commons and uncommons. Mm. I have tons of foils and full arts that just, not only do they maybe just have a little bit value, but they're just like, it's just a lot of excellent cards. You can completely get it <laughs> a standard and ex- extended. I had like all the accessories for Magic 2 <laughs> and all this. So I just kind of had a more of a 1500 to 1750 number in my head and no one kind of, no one got to that. So I don't know. <clears throat> have we talked about... Uh... Half price hobbies? Like, have you approached them? Because, Scotty, they buy pretty much just collections, don't they? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quick I, yep. I, talk, I talk to a few uh, smaller dealers and stuff, and uh, they probably sit out, and they just they just want a low ball. And that's fine. I that's that's a business I, model, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just not into it. Like, I don't need the money, necessarily. I'm just... I just like it'd be nice to have the extra income since I had a good idea on just kind of playing Moto exclusively and then larger events and borrowing cards. So I don't right, know. Right, right. I, I probably won't sell. I'll just keep what I got now and slow down on the paper buying. Sounds good. I mean, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe there's like a hardcore Smitty fan out there and you can say, like, you, know, you, them you, all. Touched, you touched all these cards. That'd be funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want, I want, I want some hardcore fan that just fucking jocks me. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> so if you want to buy Smitty's collection, contact him now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people do that. I think uh, they borrow from. As long as you have a friend that's that has like a huge, like a lot of the local players here, they just borrow from from one friend that that has like this huge collection, and they can build multiple decks or something. Frankie, yeah. is everyone is everyone borrowing from Frank? Uh, not as much from Frank, but more from from other guys that that can build it. And and these, I mean, eventually, I know sometimes eventually, the person who borrows a lot of stuff goes like, "Come on, like you gotta have like some cards." Like, yeah, yeah, you can't like, or you have to. At least give them something for borrowing, like whether yeah. it be share the prize or like a a renting fee or whatever. Yeah, and that's the and other like, reason. We sorry, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, that's the other reason I would kind of feel bad because I know how much of a pain in the ass it is to pull out cards for my friends and stuff since I've got the big collection now, and uh, so I understand. Like, yeah. I wouldn't want to do that to people very much. I'd feel a little awkward, but yeah. And the thing is, like, we've talked about that before, but I would absolutely get rid of all of my Magic cards if I could pay some kind of rental fee totally. to, to, like, some kind of, you know, store or, or uh, like, tournament organizer. Like, I, and I think, like, really, like, one of these local stores, what they really need to do, especially in the States where the market is, like, in Canada, there's not a market for this because we don't ever get big tournaments because, I don't know, because it sucks. But um, just go to, like, a go to a, a tournament and just and just have a sign that says like rental cards available and just see if if anybody will ever partake in that yeah i guarantee you somebody will like you know i've i've like i said earlier today on the cast i never purchased jaces 
But for like however long that was, like that I was playing cross control, like I definitely could have used like I used Jace's the entire time that were never mine. And so, you know, like had I had to rent those from a store, let's say at, you know, I mean Jace is a hundred dollars, so let's say that you had to rent him for like twenty five. Well that's a hundred dollars just for me to rent four Jace's, right? Yeah, and right. you know, I mean, that's a lot of money, and like you could you could work out some kind of membership fee or or, or you know rewards program. You rent them, you know, you rent a Jace four times, you get your fifth one free for that <laughs> for that for that day, right? right. Um, or or you or you know, if it's a store, like if it's your local gaming store, why not do a rent to own? So if if you rent Jace for twenty five bucks a, a pop, I rent him four times. Well, that's a hundred dollars I've now paid for that Jace, right? Yeah. Like, I don't see a problem with that. I mean, I'm sure some businesses, you know, they're going to want to keep the money because, like, why not? But, but, and like that, and that's fine. I'm just saying, like, absolutely, I would rent cards if they were available. Because there's a lot of times where I'm like, hey, do you have this? And they're like, nope. And none of my friends have it. And it's just like, fuck, well, I could buy this card for $12 to play today. Or I could, you know, rent it for $4 and just give it back to the store after. Yeah. I think that would definitely work. Uh, not obviously not big events because like you wouldn't like someone could just jack all the shit. Yeah, that they just jack shit, yeah. <laughs> but local stores, I think, you know, I would definitely be up for that or like, you know, email them my list a few days before and tell me how much, you know, what's it going to cost. Like, yeah. yeah. What's it going to cost and, you know, a renting price and, and full, I'd be fully willing to pay that. Cause sometimes like the deck that I want to play is like something that I just want to test out for that one tournament only. It's not something I want to invest infinite monies on. Well, that's the thing, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it'll happen, but definitely I can see a demand for something like this. You know, or yeah, like I can see Medina doing it because he's got the cards, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that guy's always up for making money. <laughs> yeah. <he is. laughs> we want to touch upon the Hall of Fame thing really quick. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah, we can. We can. Oh, just before or... we get into that, I've got something here that's kind of come across, and I think it's probably really relevant. Um, Tazeriel has a raging triumphant boner for Chandra's Phoenix. That is all. <laughs> that's all. Uh, <laughs> good card is good. I don't. I think it'll be even a little better after rotation. But yeah, I agree. I agree with the bonerific. It's... It's Action. like Ven- Venge Vine-ish. That's why you like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I remember when they first spoiled it. It was one of the first cards spoiled, and I'm like, dude, this card's probably gonna be my favorite card of the set. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I don't even know what my favorite card of the set is. Because they're all the same. It's like yeah. someone needs to break visions of beyond. But yeah, it's like the fucking. It's the fucking same cards. So, yeah, uh, Garuk's pretty want- awesome. Yeah, yeah, maybe one of the new Planeswalkers will be my favorite, but that's about it, I think. Everything else is just, like, blah. Um, yeah. So, Jesse, you, you brought up before the show, and I think Scott and I are behind on the whole Hall of Fame stuff, so... Okay, yeah, well, so there's a large discussion on Twitter um, about Hall of Fame ballots, and basically there's a couple arguments on, you know, who's getting votes, and also an argument about, you know, who should get in. And a lot of it kind of centers around, uh, like, no, I, you know, we got to, I'm not trying to call out our bro, but the discussion is on like letting people like Joey Pasco in. Cause he's a hall of fame. Uh, he selects 
He gets a vote. Actually, he's a he Hall of Fame selection votes. guy now. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. He's on the committee. And a, lot a lot of people of, wonder why that is. Right. Like, people who don't really have the play experience, et cetera, or like the Pro Tour experience, getting votes. Um, on MTG Lampoon, uh, Matt Spur- Sperling wrote an uh, article, a satirical <laughs> article, apparently, according to him. Um, <laughs> judge for yourself if you read it. Uh, but anyway, so the argument is like, who gets on the committee as well as who's getting in? Like Chapin doesn't necessarily have the same resume as some of the other Hall of Fame um, nominees this year. Like he has over 100 pro points and his actually his stats line up pretty well if you look at him. But a lot of people think since he doesn't have as many wins or as many top eights as a lot of other people uh, that he shouldn't get in. And they're just not even considering his contributions to the game despite like um, – the actual Hall of Fame committee, I think, says uh, that, you know, you look at a player's play skill, um, sportsmanship, and contributions to the game. Like, it's literally, I think, in the definition or the description. Um, so, I don't know. I've, I disagree. I think someone like Chapin should absolutely get in sooner than later. Because for the amount of tournaments he's entered, he's top eight, like, 11% of them or something, which is pretty awesome. And he's been at Magic forever. Yeah, yeah, he's got great stats in, like, different areas. He doesn't have the 300 pro points or (laughs) wins, you know, that some others might. So, anyways, that's the argument. Um, It's kind of insane how how much people care. Because Matt Morrow and I were talking about it, and he was all, you know, isn't, like, the Hall of Fame just a big old bonus anyways? Like... (laughs) Yeah. It's just like a bonus on top of your career that you get in. Um, and I understand why people like it because it is pretty special being recognized. Well, it's uh, it's and- financially beneficial. You basically get free invitation and invite to any pro event. Like you can play on the pro tour for life. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, it's I, pretty I insane. That. Right? Okay. Like it's, pretty it's, fucking it's no, insane. It's no small undertaking. I mean, you, you literally yeah. get to play Magic whenever and wherever you want. Now you got to pay for transit, but like big fucking deal. I think Agreed. my big thing and like what I heard a lot of people talk about though is that like I personally don't care about it. <laughs> like I don't like like it's not the same as baseball or hockey. I don't fucking give a shit. Yeah, like yeah. it's not the same as baseball or hockey. Like it's the same with like the I don't know if poker has a hall of fame because that's how much I care about the poker hall of fame. Um, <laughs> but like, but like, if they do, I don't care who's in it really. Like, you know what I mean? Like. I don't know. It's 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 the Magic Hall of Fame to me is just it's it doesn't matter at all. It's kind of like the Magic commentating shit. Like it just it's not good enough for me to even give a shit about um yet. You know what I mean? So like like Kibler got into the Hall of Fame. That was really awesome. And Scotty's right. Like financially, it's really good. And for for the player itself, like I think it would be really cool if Chapin got into the Hall of Fame. That'd be really awesome. Uh, for Chapin, personally, it has no bearing whatsoever on my life, and I don't know why. Like a bunch of other people are all uppity and give a shit about it. Like it just seems so, like so, redundant to me. So who's new on the ballot this year? I don't know off the top of my head, and I don't know where to find the information. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <okay>. Excellent. See, <laughs> I don't know. I just so, don't know. so the next then is: Does anyone have any idea how Joey got uh, the right to vote? I don't know that either. Nope. Uh, it's an election committee to elect the election committee? I don't know. <laughs> it might just be wizard. I, I That's the thing. Like I was sketched to bring this up because I don't know a lot of details about yeah. the whole process. I mean, I was talking to some other people. They were saying that uh, in order to be able to vote 
on the Hall of Fame. All you need is a pro point, and then they have the committee on top of that. Well, the, the other the other like, thing is like the uh, the the media committee side of it, election committee gets like two votes per person or something weird like that that's elected, whatever. And uh, the pros, like the people with actual pro points and stuff, only get one. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Is that this year? Because I thought last year everyone was voting like three people in. Well, there's five people that get in. Right, right. But each person gets to vote for three. Oh, uh, right. Correct. Yeah. Okay. But I, but they, they certain votes weigh more than others. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, like I'm going to give two votes right. to Patrick Chapin. Uh, like, I'm going to vote for Patrick Chapin, but it's going to count for two, and you're going to give a vote to Patrick Chapin, and it's going to count for one. Yeah, I understand. It's terrible. Which is weird, I, yeah. And like, I, this is the thing. Nobody knows. Nobody gives a shit. Like, it just... Who cares about the fucking <laughs> Magic Hall of Fame? Like, and, like, you can't fuck chicks with that prestige. And nobody's going to go... Like, is there a Magic Hall of Fame, by the way? Like, is there a place that I can go and look at fucking magic it's, cards? It's oh, probably it's probably in it was just head office. Since okay, so, somewhere, I would imagine. Which is like a super secret factory that you have to fly like black helicopters in to get to. Um so yeah, so excellent. That's 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 what the awesome Magic Hall of Fame is all about. Like do you know what I mean? Like like I can go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and look at I don't know, some shit. I don't know if I wanna look at that any of that stuff, but but I could if I wanted to. And I can do right. cool shit and you know, rock and roll's been around for a hundred years or eighty years, I guess. So like that's more relevant and there's history and blah you know what I mean? Like the thing with magic is nobody knows anything about anybody and and nineteen year olds and eighteen year olds are the best players in the world and to me the the Hall of Fame just sounds like, you know, it's like a sweet sixteen party. Like it's just way people are putting way too much value on it than should be put on it. Like I think there's, I think there's steps ahead, like that should be being taken before we hype up the Hall of Fame. I think we should be taking steps towards like making magic more mainstream and actually doing stuff like that before the general public is going to care about who's in the Hall of Fame and who's not and this weird voting system and you know. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. In part, I agree with you. I do want to see like people that contribute to the game's popularity, like get recognized in some shape or form but uh i mean seriously though how do you not vote chapin into the hall of fame yeah like, exactly like, like seriously like talk talk to me like aside from mike flores tell me who yeah, else is a more prolific magic personality right mm-hmm. but andy already has all the requirements you need and he he has 11 percent top eights in his pro tours that's fucking good like he just doesn't well, go to as many as other people yeah and see like this is the problem when you're dealing with like, this is another thing. If you want me to give a shit about your Hall of Fame stuff, you need to make it legitimate. Like, like, <laughs> like sports Hall of Fames and stuff, they have, like, a criteria that you have to meet, and then, like, you become an eventual Hall of Famer by right of, you know, there's a voting process, but generally, like, if you deserve to be there, they put you there. And then, like, Magic, like, with all the arguments that are happening on Twitter and everything, it just sounds like it's just a pissing contest, like... Yeah, well, like people are just like, like, oh, it should I'm be. I'm not going to vote. Yeah, they're like, I'm not going to vote for someone if they don't have 200 pro points and like five yeah. pro tour wins and like. 20 and it's like, well, that's GP not the criteria. Eights. Like, they yeah, don't need exactly. to have that. 
<laughs> exactly. But people are so adamant that their their opinion on who should get in is right that they just are all raging yeah. each other. It's just magic. It's called the magic I community. I just think for me the criteria is just confusing, right? Like Yeah, there isn't I, criteria necessarily other like, than like I'd yeah. want Flores to be in somehow, but <laughs> right. but but there is that playing criteria and like you know, there's that debate whether uh contributions outside of, you know, the playing uh, should matter or not it's like i'm just confused like if i was given a vote it's like i don't really know do, do i vote for the better player like the yeah. guy who was more popular or like the guy who wrote the most it's like it's a little confusing um to make the right choice and it seems like people are saying like you have to be like this fucking good to be in or something and and i think they've put in people that aren't as good or, or something like that i don't know and it's also yeah. weird for me like like uh, Jay mentioned hockey and baseball for me it's just that like hall of famers are like these old guys that <laughs> don't yeah. play the game more like we're talking about PV being eligible next year and getting voting it auto voted in probably that's, it's like what oh, the yeah, fuck? Like, that's, that's another no big... seriously though but how do you again again how do you not vote PV in like well yeah like the only other player that i can think of right now that's you know active that's remotely in the class with PV is LSV and isn't here in is he See, and this is this is another thing that I have a problem with. In all other uh, instances of uh, Hall of Famery, you have to you have to achieve something super significant to be able to be eligible. And for the most part, you you can't be active. Like, there's no active NHL Hall of Famers. There's no active NFL Hall of Famers. There's some active, I guess, rock and roll Hall of Famers. But that's because they're like the Rolling Stones, and they're actually like just ninety years old. And people- <laughs> want to put them in the fucking people want to put them in the hall of fame before they actually just physically die yeah or outlive the human race and then they can't put into the fucking like hall of fame and like with magic it's like okay like it's cool that uh brian kibler's in the hall of fame that's really cool but he still plays magic like that's not what the hall of fame means to me and, and like what it means to any other sport or event or hobby where there's a hall of fame Right, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that your your high school doesn't even put up pictures of you on the walls until you've graduated and <laughs> left, until you're not there anymore. Wow, good nobody, analogy. Nobody wants to stroke your dick in front of your face. Like, why are we? Like, why do we care about this? And and why is why do we care so much about it that it's causing fights and articles to be written on the internet about it? Like, yeah. get a fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm actually so I'm actually looking at the the Hall of Fame ballot this year. I mean, yeah, it's just weird that you know Kibi's going to be a Hall of Famer, and he's still like young, and, and he's like twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like what the fuck? Like, nice. He's going to be playing Magic until he actually dies when he's ninety. <laughs> Hall of Fame for seventy years. So a lot of these people are, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people on here that have been uh, Magic mainstays or Magic, you know, like I mean. Chris Pickle is on here. Mark Justice is on here, you know. But, I mean, I think a lot of these people have been on here for a while. Um, like, Jen Thorin, like, the sad robot himself is on this list. Yeah. Um, you know, but then you're looking at, you know, a lot of the new people, right? Like, you're looking at G-Fabs. He's been around for forever. Eric Froelich, right? Uh, Mark Herberholtz. Um, Patrick Chapin. I mean, Tiago Chan's card. You know, he won an Invitational, and he's coming out. His card's coming out in Innistrad. Like, Osip's on the list. 
Um, you know, Anton Johnson, Anton Johnson's still doing uh, stuff with um, with Star City Games, if I'm not mistaken. Steve O's back on the list. You know, David Williams is fucking on the list. Paul Rietzel. Like these people aren't in there yet. You know, so I, I mean, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of good people to vote for. I mean, that, and that's just the American players, or like you know, I, I I'm not even getting into any of the the uh, Japanese players or anything. Like Shuei's on the list. And, you know, Katsuhiro Mori, you know, there's, there's a lot of really, really strong players on this list. I, I, I don't, yeah. you'd have to, you'd have to have a, you know, Ben Stark's on the list. You'd have to have a really narrow, sh- sh- <laughs> Shouter Yusuka's on the list. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm voting for him. But like, you, you should. I mean, the only way that you could narrow this down is you've got to have a really, and I guess this is why people get so inflamed about it, is you have to have a really strict set of what's acceptable for you to, you know, spend your vote on a, on a Hall of Fame inductee. You've yeah. got to have a very long list of criteria to meet. Otherwise, how do you fucking pick from these people? Yeah, I agree with that. And, and Jay would be like, it's like, none. A random nineteen-year-old playing like, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on this, like, who? Why, like, who the fuck is this? Like, Louis has thirty-eight hundred top eights, and like, oh really? How old is he? He's fourteen. Nope, he doesn't get in. Then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to fucking earn that shit, kid. <laughs> Jerry Thomas is more famous than most of these people, like to the average MTG player. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So basically, the three requirements are you have to have 100 lifetime pro points, you have to have participated in your first Magic the Gathering Pro Tour at least 10 seasons prior to the current voting year. Oh. So does that count LSV out? I think he's not. Or is he already on it? I don't think he's already on it. Okay. So that, so he's he's obviously just waiting then, because there's no way that he doesn't have 100 fucking pro points right now. No, yeah, yeah. yeah LSV is a shoe-in. I think huh, he could already be in, guys, but who knows. I'm trying to find the actual list. You know what? Maybe there's a wiki list of, like, who's actually in it right now, you know? Yeah, there's got to be. Yeah, yeah. LSV's eligible in 2013. Yeah. Oh, okay. According to this wiki page. So. Okay. Yeah, so it looks like we've got John Finkel, Darwin Castle, Alan Cummer, Tommy Hovey, Ollie Rod, of course, right? Bob Marr, Dave Humphreys, Raphael Levy, Gary Wise, represent. Uh, Rob Doherty, Kai Bude, Zvi's in there, um, Fujita's in there, Nikolai Herzog, Randy Bueller, Dirk Bab- <laughs> Babrowski, sure. Mike Turian's there, uh, <laughs> Jelger, uh, Olivier Ruel, Van Rubin, at, at both Ruel brothers. Uh, Cordelson, Karsten, Nassif, Kibler, and Snapbangers. So that's that's your that's your current. I, like, I'm with Jay. I feel like you know they they put in for the first four years like five guys in. It feels like that was probably too much. Like <laughs> I don't some of these guys I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I would not. I would not like if I was. Asked to to take part in voting, I would decline because I don't know enough about yeah, you know, me too. history and stuff. Totally. 
The most interesting thing, actually, is to take a look at the weighted ballots for each of these people who got in each year, because there's some, like, absolute clear runaways, and then there are some that actually, you know, just kind of squeak by. Like, Nassif was a shoo-in. Like, he, like, last year he got, like, 89.25% of the vote, or something like that, of the weighted ballot, and Kibler only came in at 49.36. Like, that's clearly in, but there was a lot of splits, like, that he wasn't a absolutely everybody says yes by any stretch. I mean, the only people that are pushing, you know, 90 or close to that are fucking that are even over 75% were, you know, uh, Nassif, Kai Boudet, and John Finkel. So, like, yeah. this... You know what I mean? Like, and, mm-hmm. and those three are the Hall of Fame to me. In my yeah, me yeah, too. That's the thing. Those that, are right? Hall of Famers. Right. And they were like practically unanimous. Like there's one idiot that decided, well, they're going to get in. I'll spend my vote elsewhere. Herp and herp. Herp Fucking asshole. Finkel's not good enough. I voted for Mike Long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was probably Mike Long himself that fucking, fuck, I'm not voting for Finkel. Yeah. Or Mike Rosewater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fuck. Anyways. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's this whole thing, and and I think you know the the consensus we've come to is, it, don't chime in on it if you're not educated enough about it, which kind of contradicts the whole you know our whole tirade on it in the last fifteen yeah. minutes. <laughs> but you know, at least at the end of the good day, talk. we've we've kind of <laughs> good good talk, good talk, good talk. Nice, nice to see you guys. <laughs> but I you know I think at the end of the day, I mean, it, just don't don't talk about it if you don't know. Otherwise, you're just clogging up our Twitter feeds, and we'll have to block you. Yeah, and I fucking hate that shit. I, I, I love asking, who are these people? So for this episode, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know these guys, and they're supposed to be Hall of Famers. Like, I know Mike Flores more than, like, some of these guys, so. Yeah, the current. Yeah. So, Jay, uh, how, how's your time over in uh, your moonlighting position? Because you're moonlighting on us, right? With another podcast? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's right. So do you want to, like, take right. an opportunity and, like, plug your guys a little here? Or, you know, nope. are you just going to... No? Yeah, okay. I can. That's fine. I don't know. Like, it's called Public Enemies. It's with Tangent and... Um, uh, What's that name? That fucking Jeebus guy. Some other girl is on there. Okay, seriously? Uh-huh. You're fucking... You're trolling of him in episode six like I was driving and listening to it today, and I seriously nearly crashed my car. I was in tears. I'm in tears. So, yeah. So it's like me and Tangent and Jeebus. And Tangent, who I still don't know his real name, and I'm sure it's going to be something so weird that like when I find it out, I'm just going to be like, nope, nope, nope. It's not your name. Nope. Um... So yeah, and we just talk about the like the big thing for us right now is like we are um we aim to get it an hour or under, uh just to keep it interesting as well as we only generally talk about things that are suggested to us. because uh, Tangent kind of started this podcast as a with the philosophy that like we're just gonna talk about things that you want us to talk about and get kind of give you the voice we can to kind of discuss it. So um we are really, really, really big into user generated content. We really, really want other people to either email or tweet us and tell us what they want to hear about. And then we can discuss it. Sometimes that backfires though. And we get like the worst questions on the planet. Um, or we get questions that make like no sense or we get questions that like nobody actually gives a shit about. Um, Sounds so, like a real quality podcast. Yeah. I mean, I like it. And, and um, we were told by the guys at MTG cast that it's like the most popular podcast right now. So I don't know if that's cause it's new or, if because everybody wants to hear what Jeebus actually sounds like, which is a girl, by the way. Yeah. 
and uh, or whatever. But like, and we get lots of comments and stuff on it. But um, yeah, it's new. It's whatever. It's fun, and we're just kind of fucking around with it. So give a listen if you guys want to, and if you don't, then fuck off. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it's better than crazy talk. I'll go on a limb and say that. Uh, <laughs> hey, did you guys, by the way, did you guys record last week? We have not been recorded for a while because of, uh, oh, there man. hasn't been important legacy events Where except for like SCG Cincinnati. And like I mentioned on, on the show, it's just like it was, I started to show to build up to GP Providence and it's not really um, being supported we'll see the the gp schedule next year right they're doubling the number of yeah, GPs yeah, yeah. and yeah and obviously there's those other formats so it's interesting to see what what wizard's planning in the next year that's gonna really decide where my what formats i'm gonna focus on you know, all right well, it, well if that's the case then uh i'd like to extend an open invitation for frank to join us on the cast next week Okay. <laughs> I, oh God. Because if he's because if he's not doing something else, he fucking needs to be on the A team. Like let's let's not fuck around. He needs to come on the show at least once. So uh, I guess shoutouts. Um, sure. I love Shout the shoutouts. See, we really missed you. I mean, you know, you every every person on this guys is uh is what makes it so good. So uh, glad to have you back talking about you know your brews and stuff. <laughs> thank thank you. And uh, shout, shout out to Jay. Love the limited stuff and your strong hatred <laughs> for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and that, as usual, um, for uh, you know all the help you want, you were giving me on uh, Twitter for for any ideas that to improve the Grand Architect deck. Much appreciated. And uh, any questions I had regarding uh, live streaming and such. Um, oh yeah, so we gotta talk to- about that after the cast. Yeah, shout-outs to you guys, and uh, that's all. I just love you guys so much. That, I love uh, you, too. That's <laughs> the only ones I want to shout-out. And Milton, who has who I've been playtesting like crazy on MTGO. He, he's like, he's a soldier, man. He he plays uh-huh. hours with me, so. Yeah, he's awesome. Big ups, bro. Go ahead, Jesse. Uh, shout-out to you guys. Thanks for uh, taking me out of timeout. Appreciate it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Actually, no. Thanks to everyone who's been rocking Twin Pod and pimping it and four Owen and dailies and shit. Like just getting the deck uh, to where it needs to be, and actually a lot of input. Uh, when it first deck that's got that close and to like being a real tier one deck, and uh, uh, it's been a lot of help from the community. It's definitely not all me. So shout out to all of you. You know who you are. Um, and then shout out to the uh, to the my mother. <laughs> and my and my step parents for watching Kai for four days so I can go play and start to the game Seattle. Hi. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> Bang. That's all I got, players. I'll pass it on. Sure, I'll go ahead. Uh shout outs to Jesse. Uh really good luck at SCG Seattle. Uh, I hope that you, at the last second, audibles into a real deck, but good luck regardless. <laughs> um, shout out to Brandon McKay, who always drives my ass around to and from EDH. Shout out to Phoenix Comics, local game store in uh, Calgary, Alberta, for running some good events this past couple weeks for the release of M12 and stuff. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Jason Ness for joining us last week. Uh, I got a lot of really good feedback and lots of people said they really enjoyed listening to his scumbag stories and I still laugh about that. So um, big, big ups. Uh, shout out to you guys for keeping me around. Uh, I think KYT is is absolutely correct. We say it a lot, but I got lots of love for you guys. We're all kind of important, so glad to have Jesse back and glad that Scotty with the new baby, you can be here for us and stuff. 
<laughs> and uh, let's give a shout out to. You know, we've never done this in 45 episodes. I think it's time to give a shout out to Dr. <laughs> but even then, like, I think. Half shout out, half shout out. Yeah. Honorable mention. Yeah, I want, I want Creepy Dan to edit out the <laughs> part of that meme. Just bleep it out. Like, a shout out to Dr. <laughs> and, uh, because he, he might not deserve it yet. But in 45 episodes, I think, I mean, girls are emotional, and I don't want her Bitches to... Bitches be crazy! Just, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy <laughs> shit. So, you know, I don't want to upset her or anything. Or Gold. I gotta deal with it once a week, so. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's it. Go ahead, Dad. Well, alright. Um, so, shout out to you guys for keeping me sane every week. Giving me an outlet to uh, piss, moan, and otherwise complain about shit that uh, really isn't all that important to me, but makes me feel good to complain about. So, uh, love y'all. Um, shout out to all of my tweets on Twitter. I broke fucking 800 this week. And it was yeah. like, yeah, it was it was a milestone for me. I know you guys have all crossed 800 like four years ago, but uh, since, you know, I'm the redheaded stepchild of this podcast, I thought, hey, I hit the 800 gay guy, too. Right, so. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. It's so bad. I know. New listener, new listener hasn't been around for a long time, I hope. Yeah. That's because people have stopped actually listening to our podcast, like uh, Joel, oh. Joel, Niddle, and Willie. So they've actually stopped listening altogether. Um, Willie, stop listening. What a yeah, bitch. I know. So I'm really sorry that we've lost some listeners. Um, yeah. You know, if... Uh, if your no, way, if you, I, if your wayward souls can find yourselves back, you know we would appreciate it. But uh, you know, my, my big thing is just that like I didn't hear from them any suggestions on content or any improvements, and I'm not challenging them. I'm just saying like it's a bummer that we lost them as listeners. But we took all of our we, like listened to all of our feedback, and I didn't hear any from them. Yeah, it's actually funny too because a lot of our listeners we've lost for Untapped, which I think is really funny because you know. Do you, listen to that? Them? Do you listen to that cast? Fuck no. Uh, <laughs> it's sort of like us, except that they have not us. <laughs> oh, fucking awesome. So Hey, I, I love Trick. Me too. I, but, yeah. Listen, listen, there's there's so much love for the guys. Like, don't get me wrong, like, each one of them, they're cool dudes, you know? Like, I've got nothing bad to say about them, but they're not us. They keep yep. trying to be us, but That's they're not. True. That's true. People can leave, but they'll come back. They'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're probably mad, too, they didn't get guest spots. Because remember when they used to just be begging us for guest spots? We've let them well, on. Willie, we let on. Oh, yeah, that guy's grateful for that, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sucks. You know what? Uh, I I love all of our fans. I love everyone that listens to we're us. Just, and, we're, and just we're just we're just trolling, yeah. Yeah. So it's good. Anyways, uh, so hey. shout outs to all the people that stop listening to us. Uh, start listening again, or go fuck yourself. <laughs> Word <laughs> plus one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. It's a gay team episode. So. All right. All right. Have a good one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Peace out. I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> That was creepy. <laughs>